All right, man. Yeah, yeah. What the what number podcast is this? Why the fuck is it taking 170 to get to me? Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're listening to Sapnin Podcast. Sapnin! Sapnin! You are listening to episode 170 of Sapnin Podcast, featuring myself, Sean Smith, and my good friend, Morgan the Organ Richards. Yes, it's me, Morgan Richards, and Sean, I know you're sick, and you're tired of me always being the pun guy, so this week, I just thought we'd go to revisit the history and storytelling of one of our favourite bands. I was good. I'm super glad you didn't put any puns in there. Um, <laughs> it's nice to you. You just say normal sentences at the beginning of the show. Yes, this week's guest is Welsh guitar legend Darren Smith of Funeral for a Friend. Yes, this resident six-string guitar slinger, owner of the most consistent emo fringe ever, possibly. I, I can't believe you call him a guitar slinger. What, uh, it's, what is that? It's, it's in his Instagram bio, so I just nicked it. Is it? Yeah. Oh, well, fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. I thought, he, I thought he might be offended that uh, you don't think he plays his guitar and he just lobs it about. Like, um. <laughs> no, but Fuel for a Friend are one of the most important bands to us as a collective and individuals. They helped shape the alternative scene throughout the 2000s to what it is today and given us a lot of love with the podcast ever since. So with the band heading back, on the road for one more tour now throughout March, we thought it was about time we invited Darren on to share his side of the FAF journey and just crazy experiences we've all shared together along the way. Yes, I was absolutely chuffed. I couldn't wait to see Darren and have this chat with him. And yeah, like he said, like you probably heard at the beginning of this episode, it has taken us too long to get him on. And um <laughs> I've, I've genuinely wanted him on for ages because he's one of the funniest people. He's one of the driest, humoured, funniest people I've ever come across in my life. And some of the times when I've DJed with him and Ryan places, he's had me in stitches, like proper cracked me up. He's fucking fantastic. He's always been absolutely lovely to me, even when he's teasing me and accusing me of being a stalker. And yeah, we should have had him on sooner, but uh, we did Ryan first, didn't we? but that was to do with future history as well. Then we had Chris on, because Darren wasn't available at Shepherd's Bush Empire. And then we had Matt on, 
And now we finally got around to Darren and I loved it. I enjoyed it. I just lo- I just fucking love seeing him. I love hearing him talk. And he's got some fucking ridiculous stories as well. So Yeah, and there is so many ridiculous stories and hilarious jokes you will hear throughout this conversation. And we get into everything from his side of funeral from the early days until actually leaving the band originally in 2010 what it's been like returning to the fold his nine years away from it where he was managing and playing in other bands what the future might hold downloads 2022 and everything from taking my chemical romance out on tour in the early days to a story about a broken down car with sean oh you gotta fucking remind me about that I'm sorry, like, I'm sorry. I got a shit car. Oh, I had a shit car, like. I'm sorry for having a shitty car. Sorry, Ryan. Sorry, Darren. I had a shit car that we joked about it breaking it broke. Um, <laughs> oh, it was going so well, Morgan, until you reminded me of my <laughs> shitty car. Um, yes. Oh. I love this chat. I really love this chat, as I've enjoyed all of the others with Funeral for Friend. How many other people in Funeral for Friends? It's like about 72 other people we need to get as well, isn't it now? There's <laughs> a couple. There's a couple. Eventually, there. we'll have Johnny Phillips on. Eventually, when I think we want to ruin... When we want to end this podcast and Johnny wants to end his own career, we should have Johnny come on and just talk his shit about bands and watch him uh, make the UK music scene destruct. Wow. Um, yeah, it's it's not going to go well, but I am looking forward to these funeral shows now coming up. It's going to be lovely seeing them live again, getting in the pit and experiencing some of my favorite songs. If you're going to any of the shows, please let us know at Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Give us a follow and keep updated with everything going on in the world of Sapnin. Yes, and if you've listened to at least two of these Funeral for a Friend episodes, you are legally obliged. Boris Johnson has just rung me up this morning to tell me, so that must be a fact, because we know he doesn't lie. You are entitled, you're not entitled, you are demanded to sign up to patreon.com forward slash sapnin, where there's a whole host of different things for you to check out from behind the scenes stuff, photos, videos to one of the best parts, which is joining our wonderful Patreon community of absolute legends. So yes, that's patreon.com forward slash Sapnin! S-A-P-P-E-N-I-N. You get loads of extra bonuses, get involved with the community and meet new best friends. So it's the best place to support us and the best place on the internet to really check out. So while you go in, head over to the website to sign up. Let's get straight into this wonderful conversation with Darren Smith, a funeral for a friend. No relation. Sapnin! Sapnin! Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. What's happening? What's happening? Uh, no, no, no. Again, this time you'll see the name of the show. <laughs> it's called Sapnin' Dad. It's not what is happening. It's not what's yeah. happening. Bollocks. You know it. You know it because you fucking complained about not coming on early. Anyway. I know. I know. I fucked it up already. I'm like, ah, shit. Sapnin'. 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 <laughs> yes! Yes! This week's guest is off to a rocky start, but it's fucking brilliant. Guitarist, songwriter, and fellow DJ, Darren Smith of Funeral for a Friend fame. Darren, how are you? I'm very good. I'm very good. Thank you. Yes, yes. All good. I mentioned before we come on here, why is it taking 170 shows to get to me? <laughs> Do you know what? I don't know. I don't know. It's a good question. It is, a, it is a good question. Yeah. Boys, Sorry about boys, that. Boys, yeah, it's, it's just, you know, it's not right. Well, what we're trying to do is save the best ones till like as we go on. So obviously, uh, yeah, that's what we've got nice in now. <laughs> nice, uh, yeah. Quick thinking, I'm all quick thinking that. Um, whether I believe it or not is another thing. <laughs> oh, no, but seriously, man, how, how are you doing um, at the time of recording this? Obviously, you're gearing up now to go back on the road to funeral for a load of shows uh, throughout this month. Obviously, they've been rescheduled uh, a lot of times due to the world we live in. But how are you just doing at the moment? How are things gearing up? I'm sure you're excited to get back out there. Yeah, yeah, really good. Uh, feeling good. I mean, it's felt like it's kind of, you know, dragged, obviously, because it's been rescheduled umpteen times. Um, but, um, you know, that aside, kind of, uh, which is kind of, like I say, made it drag a little. Um really excited and can't wait to kind of get out there and, and start playing these shows and kind of seeing some familiar faces in the crowd. You know, I'm sure Sean will be there, obviously, a front row. Sean, yeah, cool. Yeah, cool. Man. Yeah. <laughs> trying to get up, number one trying to get up on stage and, <laughs> and grab a mic or something, you know. <laughs> I know the words to this one. I definitely do. It's what he does. It's what he does, you know. Yeah. I'm like a fucking... Yeah, but the thing is, right... You're making, out, making me out to be a stalker, but literally, I was a Funeral for Friends stalker. Literally, I yeah. did. I, I, missed, I missed your first ever gig, and then I think the next few went, the next five or six, I did solidly, to the point where me, me and Scott stalked you so much that we came with you to, 
Oh, where was it? Newbury? I think it was Newbury you played. Oh, the Corn Exchange or whatever. Yes, yeah. that's it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, yeah. I was literally funeral for a friend fanboy. But not just a stalker. I'd, I'd, I'd say intruder as well, maybe. <laughs> stage, you know stage, in, stage intruder. Yeah. Yeah, I was expecting you to say, do you know what? You weren't a stalker. You were a friend. <laughs> you weren't a stalker. You were much, much worse. You well, were much worse. <laughs> <laughs> you became a friend. You know, you got under our skin. Each and, each and, each and every one of us, didn't you? You know. <laughs> uh, oh. You're a you're a you are a very good friend, Sean. No matter what, oh. no matter what others say about you, I, you know, <laughs> don't care what they yeah. say about you. Yeah. I, like I don't you. care what yeah, don't care what Matt says as soon as the fucking dressing room <laughs> yeah. door closes. <laughs> I, I like oh, no. you. <laughs> no, but seriously, man. Th- throughout this conversation, we're going to touch on uh, a lot of different stuff. But in 2022, now it's over 20 years of funeral for a friend, and so much has changed in that time. But one thing that has never changed, is your magnificent jet black emo fringe. So the question is, how have you managed to keep such iconic hair in top quality for all this time? Um, luck. (laughs) It's a a series of wigs. It's a series of wigs. It is, yes. They're very expensive as well, you know. Uh, Mm. I pay my subscription every year and they keep sending them to me, so we're we're all good, you know. But, um, yeah, I mean, the fringe has got further away from my face as time has kind of uh, moved on, thankfully, because uh, there was moments, you know, back in the day where I couldn't see a, a fucking thing, really. <laughs> snap, snap. But none of us like to admit it at the time. We were all like, oh, no, no this no. is just this is just cool. This is just cool. I'm, um, it was all about yeah, I'm glad not being able to see a bloody thing. Does it ever, um, now that we're on the subject, I didn't think we were ever going to go on the subject. Um, did, uh, yeah, did it ever, affa- yeah, did it ever affect any gigs or, uh, you f- ever fuck anything up playing because of the, the air? Um, do you know what? There was one occasion and it was the very first time we ever kind of, and a, a bunch of us kind of, it was our first UK tour supporting, um, phony band from kind of, uh, where were they from? Kind of London, London way, London kind of just outside London, maybe. Yeah. One of the, one of the guys in that band was dying his hair because we were crashing at, at their, their parents' place, um, in between kind of shows if they were close enough to drive to. So, um, he was dying his hair. So a few of us decided with the dye that was left over to throw it on our hair as well, which is kind of how it started, I guess. But, um, what I didn't do was kind of wash it out afterwards and didn't think up too much oh. about it. Oh, and then we played the show the next day and this guy was running down my face. Oh, oh, no. oh. oh. Blinding my oh, eyes, no. you know, blinding yeah. me it was. Oh. It, it, it looked rather ridiculous, to be honest, you know, but um, it, was, it, it wasn't a big show, thankfully, you know. So, um, yeah, it's not, it's, not, it's not remembered until now I've mentioned it. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> there we are. I can just imagine people in the crowd, though, just being like, God, they, these guys are taking it really seriously. The one's got black goo coming down his face. And yeah. the, oh, he's, he's melting. melting. Yeah. yeah, he's melting. <laughs> the, creature, oh my God. the creature from the Black Lagoon you was know, on stage. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, that, that, was, that was quite embarrassing, and, and all the guys had a good laugh about that. But um, taught me a lesson, you know. I always wash it out afterwards, you know. Don't leave it in. Which is one of my running, which is one of my running rules for everything. 
Don't leave it in. Always, if it, no, always, <laughs> always wash it out. Always wash it out or wash it off. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. I knew, yeah, I knew this was going to go this way. I knew it. Yeah, you oh. started it. Come on now. <laughs> you started it. But, no, but but seriously, like, I mean, over these last couple of years, it must have been quite a strange experience for you, Dan, in particular, because obviously you originally left Funeral back in 2010, and you must have, for a while, just put that chapter of your life to bed, in a way. So when the band kind of reformed with this greatest hits kind of li- line up over the last couple of years for those charity shows, I'm sure it's just kind of being weird getting back into that mindset and, and revisiting the band and, and getting back into it almost kind of full-time now. Yeah, it has a bit, yeah, you know, and, and, and I guess, yeah, in some ways I did sort of put it behind me, not that I forgot about it or cared any less about it, you know, I was always kind of really kind of proud of kind of my involvement and, and being part of it all, you know. Um, but um, I never really stopped playing as such. Cause I enjoyed kind of playing. I think what, what kind of what it was for me and why I left was I kind of got a bit burnt out with the, you know, the amount of touring and, 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 and I think we all suffered from that year and there kind of at different kind of moments along the way, you know, it, it, it kind of grinds you down a little bit continuous touring, especially, you know, it's the traveling is the hard bit. The shows are great, you know, and they're, they're the easy bit really. Um, it's all the traveling that, that kind of wipes you out in a, in a sense. And, and, like I say, grinds you down a little bit, but um, yeah, it, w- it was kind of weird to come back to it in a way, but in the same sense, it was almost like I hadn't been away as well, because I remember kind of getting to the, the rehearsal studio, you know, for the first day to kind of get, get together to rehearse and play, you know, to play these shows for Stu Brothers. And um, yeah, it, it, it felt kind of just really natural and comfortable and, and then kind of getting up on stage the, the first night in Cardiff was, again, the same thing. You know, it, it all felt, I don't know, like a, it, it was only a matter of a, a few weeks before that I, I'd last kind of played with everyone and, and, and been up there with all the guys, like, you know. So, yeah, it, it was kind of weird in some ways, but also kind of really comfortable, like uh, putting on, um, what they say, putting on an old shoe or something like that. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But yeah, no, I thought I remember... I told the other boys that have, um, the other boys who've came on the worst members of Fuel for Friend that have been on so far <laughs> I've told oh, them yeah, yeah. that in October 2019 those three dates that um, I was lucky enough to do with you were literally the best days of that year for me yeah I remember turning up to the um, sound check of the first date and I was like standing in nervously like how is this going to be because I wasn't sure I wasn't sure if people were doing it just for Stu and were just like over it and just like, oh, we'll get on, we'll do these and then we'll carry on. But then when you all came on stage to soundcheck, it was, yeah, like you said, it was like nothing had changed whatsoever. Like you all, you were all smiling. I, I just didn't expect it. And then you started soundchecking and it, yeah, it's like none of you would ever miss a beat. What was it like getting that call um, about playing those shows again? Um amazing i mean i mean we, we i think one of the guys started a group you know um and just talk about kind of what was happening with Stu and and you know any suggestions of what we could do to help out and then the subject came up about probably the the most effective thing we could do would be to kind of play some shows and you know and and give all the kind of the profits from those shows to to his family you know um so when it was suggested 
it was it was great, you know, to kind of think like, you know, to be stepping back into it because even though kind of when I left, I needed to leave then, you know. But um at the same time, I, I think in the in the back of my mind, you know, I was I kind of almost regretted as soon as I left it as well. So um it was it was cool to kind of, you know, for it to be spoken about and then kind of us have a chat and, and decide to do that and then kind of all come back together, like I say, and it felt like kind of a lot less pressure in, in as far as kind of, you know, we didn't have, you know, a label or, or management kind of angle of things to to sort of push us uh, um, to do things at, at, at a certain speed or, or kind of, you know, you know, that we had to do something. It was more about kind of doing it um, from the standpoint of just enjoying it again and kind of going almost back to kind of the beginning of it all where we were, we were coming together just to play music and kind of enjoy playing music. And I think kind of it, it was, yes, yeah, sort of like going back to square one. It was cool. Yeah. Even, even yeah. Johnny Phillips was smiling. And that's <laughs> fucking rare. Hey, and that is very, very rare. That is, it yeah. is. Yeah. I'm glad. It, is. Was ca- it was captured on some pictures and stuff, you know, otherwise he wouldn't <laughs> yeah. believe it. He, he'll claim, yeah, he'll claim it was wind, but we know he was enjoying himself really. He, oh, he but. was. He, he was. <laughs> and he came down to do some rehearsing as well, you know, when we were down there. And uh, yes, he was definitely smiling then as well. So Ooh. you can't... Unless he, he suffers from a lot of wind, he was happy, you know? <laughs> he won't He won't like that you've said all this. He won't like you've put that out to the world. But as you said there, I think the, with the status funeral are in now, it seems that, and talking to the others, it seems that, like, you're all just enjoying what's coming up with the band as it goes. You know, if something feels right and you're all on board to do it, it seems like you're just kind of taking it with no pressure, there's no backstage politics or anything like that going on. You can just enjoy it a lot more. So behind the scenes and kind of personally for you, is there anything playing with the band this time around that you're kind of taking in a little bit more or trying to cherish it because you've been away for such a long time? Yeah, the whole thing really, you know, the whereas before you you go through it and you take st- certain elements of it for granted, I guess, and kind of, and you don't enjoy them quite so much because the, you know, is an element of band when it gets to a, a certain level and, and, you know, it, it becomes a job, it becomes a business, it becomes, you know, all those things that, um, most of us play in bands to avoid doing, I suppose, <laughs> you know, um, very much so. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, so it, it was, you know, the whole thing really, I, I kind of, it was a, it was an opportunity to, to to really absorb things and I I guess kind of appreciate all the aspects of it for what it was rather than kind of like I say becoming you know at at times kind of not not really noticing kind of you know and, and absorbing everything around you that was happening like and this time I I definitely kind of feel that about it now that just kind of love the whole whole thing I mean just all of us hanging out together, whether it's kind of on a bus or a rehearsal or, or whatever, you know, it's, it's just great to be in that environment and, and having a bit of banter and a bit of a laugh together and remembering certain stories or certain things that, are, that happened way back, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's great, you know, so I, I'm absorbing and enjoying all of it really now. I get, you good. know, this time around, especially, yeah. Yeah, no, but that's lovely to hear. And like, when you think about it, those early 
days in like the early 2000s and especially around those first three album cycles you guys seemed like you were just so busy like there wasn't a break you're constantly touring back in the studio just kind of having having no time to breathe so like it must be weird now to have a little bit more like self-awareness with with it all yeah and 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 those first i'd say the first sort of like five six or so years was relentless you know it, it was kind of just bouncing from pretty much one continent to the next and then coming back to the start at the beginning of the first continent again once you once you'd finished the last one or whatever you know so it was pretty relentless it was it was and hence kind of you know why when i reached 2010 or so and then i just felt it was, it was kind of time where i needed to jump off the ride so to speak because uh, I just kind of felt just really wiped out and drained from from a lot of it, I suppose. Well, we know you, um, yeah, like you said, like when you got offered the, the opportunity again, you jumped at it. But in that time, between 2010 and then rejoining again, what did you get up to? Like, I know you were in other bands and management and as well, I believe. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I dabbled in a few things, you know, um, and a few bands. Um, there was a, a few of my old friends that were playing like a classic rock thing. I got involved and in, in doing some stuff with that. I was called Peacemaker Die. And then um, I did, I did not so much sort of straight up sort of, you know, management, I, I guess. It, it was kind of, um, I don't know, more like consultancy kind of angle where guidance and advice and kind of try and build your brand and kind of, you know, okay, it's all kind of corporate speaking in a sense, I suppose, a lot of that. But it's kind of important to, Especially now, the, the way the industry is now, and with so much of it online, it is about kind of finding ways to build your brand and, and, and try and get your band noticed because it's such a lot of competition out there, even more so, I think, than before, you know, the internet was as big as it is now, you know. So it was more consultancy kind of advice and stuff like that and, and guidance and trying to help bands kind of and point them in the right direction, give them some ideas and, and stuff like that. Um, but then I was, in a, I did a band called the Fiber Ones for a while as well, which was kind of, I don't know, uh, more like alternative rock kind of, uh, vibe to it and stuff. So yeah, I enjoyed doing that. But uh, as funeral kind of, you know, developed into kind of us planning on doing some more things, uh, I wanted to kind of, put all my focus into that really and concentrate on that hence kind of that's all i'm interested and involved in now really yeah yeah i'm sure i'm sure but when you do think of the early days and in particular as i said look everything was non-stop so is there anything that really comes to mind for like standout memories or anything where you just think like wow like i can't believe we managed to do x y and z oh surely there's thousands there's gotta be thousands of there yeah, yeah, there's, there's lots, you know, uh, definitely kind of, in particular, I guess, you know, doing things like Reading, um, download, doing some of those festivals that I went to and kind of as a fan and stuff like that. And then being in the situation of playing them, quite surreal kind of feeling to it, you know, um, and, and I think kind of playing alongside certain bands, we were fortunate enough to do shows at Lincoln Park and, and Iron Maiden and, and, and bands like that, iconic bands that kind of you never figured you'd ever, I don't know, be on the same stage as them or, or kind of even be, you know, around around them in any sense, I suppose. 
So, um, yeah, to find ourselves kind of doing some of those things, certain, I guess, uh, legendary venues, like we played CBG before that kind of closed and, 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 and stuff like that. Yeah. Very surreal moments, very bizarre going on various sort of tours and kind of traveling around kind of parts of the world that I, I probably would never ever get to if it wasn't for the band situation. Yeah. Definitely an, an awful lot. Yeah. Is there a moment that stands out for you where you were like early on where you were like, Oh, this is, this is going somewhere. It must have been like when those early demos were kind of out of, uh, between order and model, I guess, because I played it a fucking death. Um, <laughs> so I, and there was such a buzz then around South Wales about like people trying to like, have you fucking knew this film for a friend and stuff? And then I think, how did Scott Evans get a copy of it? I don't know how Scott Evans got a copy of it, but he put me onto it and that fucking changed. Changed my life. So it must have been fucking something for you. What was that? Yeah. What, do you remember a first moment? The first time it felt like, I don't know, something kind of pretty major was going to happen with it. I think was when we were doing the showcases up in London. There was a bunch of things leading up to that. We did these, these demos, you know, that's all they were before we'd even played a show together. That was, you know, so we did that. We did the demos in, yeah, in, in view of sort of Johnny's idea. We'll get better support slots if we do a, you know, do a recording. You can, you can send the promoters and stuff like that. Yeah. It, it was kind of weird how quickly that was sort of liked so much and, 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 and people felt that it was something a bit special. It was, you know, it, it, I think it's, it's always a little bit more difficult when you're kind of in the middle of it. You know, you like the, the songs you're, you're part of and you're writing and, 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 you know, and, and being involved with. But I mean, you don't know how, how everybody else w- would feel about them or something, do you? You know, so to, to start seeing sort of people liking those and, and Owen Packard kind of who was doing PR stuff for Mighty Atom at the time, all, all those kind of elements, I think, you know, led to this point where we ended up playing these showcases in London for, I don't know, it must have been about, 25 labels perhaps or more and and we were doing we did we were doing multiple set of perhaps six songs perhaps kind of one after another with something like four or five labels at the time in the in the room up in Putney in uh, in London and um yeah and that, that was kind of where it really felt kind of quite surreal and that kind of like this is kind of really, really, this is really happening up, up to then. You yeah. think someone <laughs> could be taking the piss, you know, or could be kind of like, you know, it's Beatles about it, it's Beatles about it. Yeah. 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 It'll it'll be it, a just little Beatles sort of pops out, <laughs> you know, and, <laughs> and, and kind of, hey, yeah, yeah. And, and kind of says, uh, go you boys, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I remember, yeah, I remember the, um, I think, yeah, there was a Quran cover where there was like a silhouette of Matthew. And it just yeah. said something like the fucking the next biggest band or something 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 like that. It said on the front, and I was the like, hottest, the hottest band on the planet. <laughs> there you go. That's <laughs> in my memory a bit, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't fuck yeah. I, I well, I remember seeing it going. That looks like the shape of fucking Matthew Davis's head. What? And then fucking open. I was like, yes, yeah, they are. But yeah, I just remember being fucking blown away by that, and then seeing you on tour, well, multiple times, and that's. One of the things I loved about Film for a Friend is you could you could literally fit on any lineup, I feel. Like there was times when like you were just playing like maybe you and like 
100 Reasons or something like that. And then next minute, it's you and From Autumn to Ashes. And and then there's yeah. you and like Shy Hullard and stuff like that. Like, um, yeah, that must have been fucking amazing. I think the blend of influences and, you know, and within the songs kind of lent itself to, that it sat with heavy stuff for those kind of more metallic kind of moments in the song and, you know, in some of the songs. It also fit with kind of, you know, melodic side of stuff because we had those kind of clean, kind of more anthemic kind of choruses and things like that. So, yeah, it, it seemed to sit quite well with kind of all those things. And, um, yeah, I mean, that, that thing, you know, on the, on the cover of Kerrang! and, Again, kind of, yeah, that, again, that's probably one of those moments where it was sort of like, wow, kind of, you know, this, this is really happening. And, and I think it took, I think it took all of us perhaps a good few years before it kind of sunk in properly because it just all felt so surreal and, you know, and, and you kind of like, and didn't have much chance because it was a bit hectic those first bunch of years to, to take a few steps back and kind of, and really absorb it properly, you know? Things like that. And, and weirdly, those pictures that appeared in that Kerrang piece, that was take, the pictures were taken in exactly the same place that we did that show, all the showcases. That's the, oh, that's wow. the Putney, yeah. That's the Putney kind of re- rehearsal space, yeah, that we did the showcases in. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Oh, I love full circle moments like that. That's, that's incredible. But I love hearing you say that one of your fondest memories is playing with certain bands in these festivals and stuff because. I think today, Funeral for a Friend have such a legacy for the current state of alternative and heavy music because there's so many bands who have looked up to you and really you paved the way to come through. I mean, you just got to look back and like, you know, I believe you took My Chemical Romance out over like opening for you as one of their first ever UK tours here and look where they are now. So like when you look back at, at the legacy of Funeral for a Friend and especially because you've had some time away to, to kind of let everything sink in, like how do you really, how do you see it? How do you see Funeral for a Friend as a band today? Like you, like you just mentioned really, yeah. Um, I think, you know, we achieved and kind of uh, and reached far further than we ever probably thought we would, you know. Um, and I think for a while, probably before we all kind of got back together now, you know, I think we were slightly uncertain of kind of what the legacy is and, and, and could be if we were to play some more shows. Those three shows we played for, for Stu cemented that and, and proved to us, I think, to a certain degree that there was lots of people still kind of interested and still, and there was still quite a bit of love out there for the band, I suppose. I think we were uncertain of how people would receive the idea of us playing some more shows or whatever, uh, regardless of what the reason was or who it was for or, or whatever. It, it, it's kind of um, proved to us and cemented kind of in our minds. I think that, you know, we are a band that, that mat- mattered to quite a lot of people. And I feel, I feel massively proud of that. If, if it was a case of nobody gave a shit, I still would feel proud of it, you know, because it, it was amazing kind of life experience and a big, a big chunk of kind of my life. Yeah, I, I feel nothing but pride, especially the fact that people still care now and still are interested in, in coming to watch us and really famous people want to get up and sing with us, you know, and, and stuff like that and intrude on, a, in, intrude <laughs> on the stage, you know. And, yeah. I don't know what you're on about. Like, you said, 
You I said, said no. really fat. If you said really fat, if you said really <laughs> fat, I know you're on about, but really famous. I, don't I was, I was going to say, I, I, I haven't had an offer to sing with you guys. I don't oh, know shut up. Shut up, Morgan. It's never going to happen. Shut up. I'll hang up now. I'll hang up now. If what, Morgan ever fucking sings with him for a friend, I'm going to go fucking mad. No one wants I'm talking, that. No I'm, one I'm, talking from, I'm talking from the perspective of being in Sean Smith's head, I'm, you know, oh, oh, when I say someone really famous, that's from Global Sean's, Sean's yeah. brain. Is, that's, that's his thoughts, you know? Not necessarily anybody else's, but... Uh, all right. Um, yeah, so what... Um, who else has performed with you guys anyway? Who else have you had... Um... Well, we, yeah, we, we had a weird one in as far as we weren't aware of it, but way back, kind of, first bunch of UK tours we did, we played Leeds Cockpit, and Matt Rest kind in peace. of... Yeah, yeah. Matt was... Well, I can't remember what, what kind of what was up with him exactly, but he kind of collapsed on stage. Um, so a couple of the, the crew carried him off and we were only a, maybe about halfway through the set, I think. So it was kind of, what are we going to do? Are, are we just going to kind of leave it at that? And we just thought kind of, I don't know, somebody came up with the idea of, let's ask, you know, see if somebody from the audience wants to jump up and sing a song or, or, you know, a few people from the audience or whatever. So we kind of put it out there. A guy got up and, and sang Art of American Football with us and never thought no more about kind of that, that show. But it wasn't until my last kind of show um, in Sonosphere in like 2010, we were made aware and, and realized then that that guy way back then was actually Ollie Sykes from Bring Me the Horizon. <laughs> and we, we didn't realize kind of and, and didn't remember it. Obviously, he did. I mentioned it to kind of, you know, our manager at the time because we were on the same management. So he kind of got up with us in Sonosphere and he kind of sang that again with us, uh, which was cool, you know, and Ollie's a, yeah, Ollie's a great guy, like, you know, and um, we, we did a tour in the States where Matt again, kind of, he won well and um, we ended up having, I think we, we were out with, um, we were out with Taking Back Sunday and Treyu and I think it was and yeah, so Adam Lazara got up and sang a couple of songs with us and, Second best mic thrower that you've had get up and sing with you. Nice. There we nice. are, yeah. yeah. Second best. So, um, yeah, and, you know, Matt Tucker's got up with us in the past, you know, uh, in Cardiff and stuff like that. And um, we've actually actually had Bruce Dickinson sing with us as well at one point. No well, way, really? Yeah. We did, we, did like a, we did a session for his radio show on Radio 6 right. when he was doing that. And he, and, and he kind of did Black Sabbath with us in the studio for the, for the session. And then we played a, a co-headline in Belfast Mandela Hall with therapy, and um, and his his radio show was covering that, and uh, he got up and sang live with us there. Then. Wow! So, um, yeah, so that that was crazy. Like, yeah. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to look up this bloody Adam Lazara funeral for a friend videos or some something. Bloody hell, that's that. I was not aware of that, but like. Well, do you remember any of like those younger bands that you were taking out at the time, like My Chemical Romance or anything that, and thought like, oh, I think I think these kids got something, and then they've ended up being like the big bands they are today. Dan, <laughs> wait a minute before you start. Fully take the blame for my camera, boys. Darren told him to dye their hair black, right? And he said, "Oh, if you put a bit of slap a bit of eyeliner on that face now, Jared, because that's your name in Wales, Jared." Right? <laughs> number one, pronounce your name correctly. Number two, check a bit of eyeliner on. You'll be all right, I reckon, boys. You'll be all right. Yeah, you'll do it. You'll, 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 you'll get through. <laughs> like, but, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think the, the first album was out when, you know, maybe before our first album even came out, we'd all listened to them and kind of, you know, and thought they were cool. And, and yeah, and, and, and so we were aware of, you know, them and thinking they, was, they were just a cool band. Came over, they did the, you know, the tour with us, super nice guys. And, and then I think we, one of the years we were on Warp Tour, they were on that as well. So we, we kind of met up with them again and, and then we ended up doing some shows on their Black Parade, supporting them around Europe. We did a bunch of shows with them over there from a perspective of where they were kind of when they supported us and, and where they were on the Black Parade, obviously. It was kind of a big difference. Uh, you know, we were doing arenas with them in Europe. Super nice guys, you know what I mean? And um, and e- easy to get along with, no bullshit or egos and, and stuff like that. So um, in, in a sense, you know, you you kind of felt they had definitely a, you know, an exciting kind of, you know, element to their, to their sound and whatever. I mean, you, I think way back, you know, you couldn't necessarily foresee kind of where they went and what direction they took. I think their first album was, was very raw, punky, kind of energetic kind of vibe to it, uh, as opposed to kind of, you know, some of the stuff they did later. Like all bands, you know, we, you kind of try and progress and develop and, 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 you know, and your sound kind of, quite often just naturally changes and goes that direction you know saying that though what um where would you like what would you say is the weirdest crossover you've seen with funeral in terms of like knowing someone's aware of you or seeing merch somewhere or hearing a song in a random place like there must be something like that that comes to mind where it's it's infiltrated places you'd never thought it would charlie simpson wore one of those shirts on on a kid's kind of TV sort of show on a, on a weekend when he, he was still doing Busted at the time. We were already aware that he, he liked the band because our management had mentioned about it and stuff like that. But, um, so I guess that was, that was pretty cool. Um, there was kind of mentions of us on kind of Coronation Street and stuff like that. And we had a, you know, we had <laughs> a song, song played on Coronation Street and neighbors and uh oh, i'd yeah. fucking love her. my mother loves neighbors as well <laughs> i wish I could. it's ending it's ending this year they, they're knocking on the head i know yeah, yeah I 40 that. years i heard that i'll never day, yeah. i'll never have a song on neighbors da you you <laughs> fucking win da you win you win you fucking win yeah off you go go home sean oh you want <laughs> oh brilliant oh fucking hell but, but one thing i did really want to talk to you about that is um obviously just the kind of guitar playing style of funeral obviously we've had chris on before and we've talked a lot of, um, about that with him but it really seemed like the relationship between the two of you just writing recording playing live that really suited and, and benefited each other you complemented each other's styles a lot of way how would you kind of um from a guitar guitarist point of view like see that because it seems like a, a perfect um playing partnership but with with you two just exchanging riffs solos licks and, and everything like that yeah I, I think kind of from a guitar perspective you know myself and chris come from very different kind of places you know and, and influences and stuff like that i mean my opinion you know chris is a, a virtuoso you know he's, he's an um, immense player you know and very kind of technical and fast and quick, but very accurate and kind of a brilliant player, you know. I come from a very more, <laughs> very, very more sort of simp- simplistic kind of, uh, <laughs> and, um, and quite often, I mean, you know, we used to have kind of a bit of a laugh about this, you know, we, 
uh, some, you know, some of Chris's riffs would be so kind of intense and technical and so much going on and busy that for me, it was kind of sometimes just finding, you know, a little bit of space in there to kind of <laughs> to squeeze into and, and kind of and, and sort of mold some melodies around what he was doing and stuff like that, but also try and tie in with the vocal as well. So I always kind of approached it from that angle, really. Um, in a sense, we complement each other because of that. If I, if I played exactly like Chris, it, it wouldn't necessarily sound kind of how it sounded or whatever, you know, because it, it's, it's, it's two people trying to do the same sort of thing, I guess, then, you know, but um, I'm a much more simplistic, I don't know whether I'm more of a, a player that tries to look for feel within parts or, or, you know, within melodies so they can kind of, they can sit without detracting too much from the vocals or from what Chris is playing. Cause yeah, it's about kind of, yeah, finding that, that, that groove somewhere in there and sitting in there to add it, just an extra layer or, or something else that's going on and stuff like that, you know, um, just for the, you know, the listener kind of, has kind of something else to kind of perhaps catch on to or, or you know, hum along to or whatever. Is there, um, is there a favourite Darren Smith part that comes to mind that you wrote, Ooh. that you that you love? One that will always kind of, uh, uh, and seems to have, I mean, I, I didn't sort of pick up on it quite so so much until Slam Dunk. The, the guitar melody lead line in kind of into oblivion the crowd, I didn't know, I didn't notice it, but when we got back to the bus after the first show in Leeds, kind of the, the guys were like, Oh, do you hear this, this, the crowd singing your guitar melody before you started playing it on the intro to the sort of song? And I was kind of like, No, no, I didn't, I didn't kind of notice really. I listened then the next, next day in, you know, in London, the, the crowd is sort of singing that guitar melody. So I, I suppose that can sort of, solidify that it's you know you must have something about it i suppose <laughs> nice <laughs> but, um, oh, that's awesome. yeah. yeah no it's it's, it's it's mad to think that like you've got that many thousands of people in front of you singing and you're not even like taking that in because you're just so focused about what's what you're doing and what's yeah, going I'm on just i'm just shitting myself i'm not gonna you know i don't want to <laughs> you know I, i'm making sure i don't fuck it up like you know what i mean <laughs> i mean ima imagine if they're singing the melody and then i hit the button note and it's, it's, oh, not, yeah. yeah but you can say yeah but you can say well it's my it's my guitar part i'll play whatever i want it's yeah, you guys are sung, yeah I you guys say it. it wrong you follow me and i'm not following you <laughs> yeah, staying in the right key is so 2010. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> we're, get, we're getting all jazzy now. You know? yeah. Oh, wow. Darren Smith's jazz, yeah. Darren <laughs> Smith's jazz two minutes. Yes. <laughs> the jazz on the yeah. Yeah. Every, nice. Everyone else goes and take a pee. You just start playing jazz to everyone for two minutes. I think that's the. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 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 on the on the flip side of that though was chris ever like back in the day would chris ever bring a guitar part that was so mad that you'd all be like what oh, hang on calm down calm down now this is too wild <laughs> i don't know i don't really i don't recall one to be honest because i think he's very like i say as much as he's extremely technical and kind of tight at kind of playing stuff he's also very tasteful it might be very busy it might be kind of lots of notes and 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 it'll have it'll have a, a melody to it you know whether that's 
some something dark or, or minor minorish or, or whatever or something really kind of uplifting with his choice of notes but it'll always be tasteful so i don't i don't recall saying oh fucking hell no no that's that's, 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 <laughs> that's too down, much chris, that's chris too much. i like it i like it half the speed though can we have yeah. half the speed? Half the speed and <laughs> half the notes, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, Sean at the start mentioned um, fellow DJ. And you've done a few, uh, doing a few, like a couple of gigs like that now with Ryan up and down the country. And uh, Sean once told me a story from a couple of years back oh, of um, the three of you um, driving up to Manchester, I believe. Ooh. And um, his car um, <laughs> <laughs> broke no, down. His reaction. <laughs> and yeah. um, can you just exp- can you just tell that story? I think the listeners might find it a little bit hilarious. Ooh. It's it's a painful story to tell. To be honest, it <laughs> brings, brings back quite a lot of bad memories. <laughs> and being Sean punching his car. Yeah. Oh, he was. Oh, he was. He was mad. Um, yeah. It was. It was. You know. It was a. It was an experience. It was a. It was a, a, a very dark journey. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, I mean, leave my car there. Yeah, I left my car there for the evening and just got towed back in the morning. Just left him outside of a road. But the, the bizarre thing was, is there was an element of joking about a matter of, I don't know, not, not 15, 20 minutes before it happened of saying, Oh, yeah, I better watch my clutch go now. Or, or you know, I bet my, oh, my clutch is going. My clutch is gone. Or, he was joking and then saying something along those lines, I, re- I remember. And then his clutch did go. <laughs> yeah. I manifested it. You did. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. manifested it. I you thought did, it really hadn't it happened. And me, me, and, me and, uh, you know, me and Ryan vowed from that point, we're never traveling with Sean again. Maintenance, you know, maintenance on your vehicle. You know, main, maintain that vehicle or it's going to let should, you down. Look, da, looking back in it now, I know I should have put a brand new clutch on my car before I left, right? But, you know, we're not to know where we... Look, every time since, every time I've left my house since, I've put a brand new clutch on my... It's cost me a fortune in clutches, right, since then. But every time you I can't leave the house... You carry one in the boot, too. <laughs> yeah, I got one in my back pocket, yeah. Um, yeah, oh, yeah, I'm sorry about that, Dad. Yeah, life, life lesson. It was a, it's a life lesson, wasn't it, Sean? But you was, ve- you was very angry. You was very angry, and, and we were kind of... A bit uncertain whether we were going to make the, the gig, weren't we? You know, yeah, gig. we did get we did get it though, because the yeah, um, yeah, it was the, all good. The, it all you know, it all turned out nice in the end, didn't it? Yeah, I think we had a good night in the end. Yeah, um, we as did. we have had many, many before and many since after that, and I hope we have Absolutely. some more. We definitely, have yeah. More I mean, you're all, always you know pretty bad influence, or so in you know pushing <sighs> myself especially to drink more than I should. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, knew I, I, was ca- I had a funny feeling I, I was coming. I don't take much coke, cokes in to be honest, but you know you do know how to coax me. I'll admit. Yeah, yeah. sorry about that. Uh, yeah, I, I just, right. you know I, right. I like to see my don't. friends having a good time. So yeah, it's the morning <laughs> after you know where I regret it most. Oh, yeah, we don't see each other then, or do we? We just part ways and we just plug it off in different directions. Part ways. You know, I got got a three-day hangover and, you know, I got to kind of battle that then. That's okay. That's okay. It's (laughs) worth it. It's worth it to be around you, Sean. Uh Uh Yes. Oh, look at all this nice comments. There we Um, are. 
<laughs> but obviously, I, as I said earlier, you know, it does seem now Fume for Friend is much more just a relaxed thing and you're all taking it in your stride. And if something makes sense to do again in the future, you'll do it, but there's no kind of pressure around anything i mean obviously now throughout march you've got this uk tour you're gonna to be playing download festival uh in the summer but like is there anything like personally for you you'd like to do with the band again uh, like given the chance or like if you could make any certain plans i don't think there's anything specific talking earlier about feelings towards doing things again now you know definitely kind of makes me feel like I, I'm just happy to do almost anything, really. Do you mm. know what I mean? Um, so, you know, I'd be up for kind of, you know, going and doing a tour or playing shows kind of wherever, really. You know, um, I don't think any of us really wanted to turn back into that, that grueling kind of, you know, touring schedule or anything like that. And I don't, I don't think it, it ever will. You know, we're, we're all obviously older now and too, too old and tired to, to, to be doing that, that kind of, um, intense kind of, uh, itinerary uh, as it would have been um but in regards to kind of playing shows and playing places and festivals and i pl play anywhere you know to be honest you know and i know i'd enjoy it because like i say kind of you know the stuff we've done so far i had a blast the, you know with the shows but also the you know the rehearsals it's been sort of just cool kind of just coming back together and and yeah and and, and just enjoying each other's company sort of thing well, in that case, then, right, I just booked you to play, you played RMs next Saturday in Murphy. RMs or La Barra. Do you know, after, after the shutdown, it became Europe's biggest cannabis factory. Did it? Of course it did. Yeah, it's in Murphy. Of course it did. What else was Why it going to be? Why wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You can't leave a, a building of that size, just go to waste, can you, you know? No, <laughs> it's got to be used. It's long, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I remember... Yeah, I remember one of my first gigs. I just just remembered it now. I, I think it was ten minute preview opened, and then it was either you guys or this girl. I don't know. I can't remember who headlined at the time. But then I obviously think, you went I think, on it, was, I think it was this girl. I think this girl headlined. That was RMs, wasn't it? Because the A and R guy that was kind of looking at us that went on to become the A and R guy for Atlantic, Joel. He he came to that show. I recall. Yeah, so um, yeah, I, I do, re I do remember that show, yeah, and I and I've still got the uh, this girl shoot actually, the yellow Ooh. one, the yellow one with a camera on. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a brown print, isn't it? It's a brown print. That's, it, that's um, the one. Yeah, yeah, shit brown color. Yeah, that's it, it. Oh, it was awful. Yeah, it's awful brown, but it was one of the two t-shirt designs they had, so you had to have one of them. And because Absolutely. yeah, rem remember at the time, like they were fucking, they were like on the verge, I think, of being oh, really big, yeah. and then. I don't know what happened, but it just kind of slowed down from. Yeah, it, it, it sort of, yeah. They they were being spoken of as, you know, the one of the next bands to break through and connect with a, a decent label, whether that be a major or, or not, but a decent label. But uh, yeah, for some reason, it, it didn't sort of seem to pan out that way, and which is strange because, yeah, brilliant band, lovely guys, you know. And we ended up, yeah, we played a few shows of those and got, and got to know those guys, you know, pretty well. So, um, yeah, it, it was weird how it, it, things didn't quite pan out from afterwards, you know? I think Matthew Davis from my band has, um, still got some photos of that, right? So I'll have to, I'll have to message him after this and see if he can dig them out before next week so we can, um, <laughs> so we can post them. But yeah. What, so, yeah. yeah. What a fucking, yeah. What a good time. Um, <laughs> 
Remember the good days? They were good, didn't they? Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, you know, back, back at the height of kind of when all that was going on, there was plenty of venues and there was plenty of shows kind of happening, wasn't it? I mean, not to say there's, there's not shows going on now, but I don't know, it, it had this bit more of a spark of excitement about it in some ways. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I 100% agree. No, I think there's less there's less venues than ever, I think. Um, I was talking to somebody the other day and they, was, they weren't from Merthyr, but they were in Merthyr. And they were talking, they were like, oh, Merthyr's got a good music scene, haven't they? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know if it does anymore. Like, I don't know where, there's the Red House in Merthyr that puts gigs on, but other than that. There was RMs, and, but then that aside, you know, there was TJs, there was kind of, there was. Yeah. Mols- the Molster's Arms. Toll House in Bridgend. Oh, that's Toll House in Bridgend. That's when I saw you first, that was the first gig I saw a film for a friend was in the Toll House. That's it, yeah, um, yeah. But, the, you know, a lot of those places are on me. Yeah, I remember going to the Vic in Pontypridd, and that was the first show you played without um, Mevs, who was uh, the other vocalist at the time. And I remember you you telling me that he um, he'd left or whatever, and then I was just like, "Avi, do you need somebody who can shout? Do you, do you need somebody who can shout? Yeah, I know just a man." And then you were like, "Oh no, it's all right. Matthew's got a yeah, Matthew's got a really good scream on him himself." And I was like, "Avi, oh, fuck." See, he was he was already trying to become the intruder at that point. <laughs> even back, even back as far as kind of those days, he wanted to intrude upon our stage. Yeah, I wanted to be in one of my favourite bands. Da, you can't blame me. Like everybody who comes to the gig, everybody who comes to the gig to sing along would fucking love the microphone at some point. So if if you've got any advantage whatsoever of getting the microphone, you're going to win. And I'm, well, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I will. <laughs> It'd be rude if you didn't. It'd be rude if you yeah. didn't. But I'm not, not going to that- do it again now. I'm not doing it again. Just- <laughs> <laughs> I've been bullied. Well, I'd be disappointed if you don't do it now because it's expected. <laughs> <laughs> Where is he? I know he's coming from he? somewhere. <laughs> Show him. Get up here. <laughs> hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Uh, but but honestly, Darren, this conversation I, I've absolutely I've absolutely loved hearing these stories. And um, at, from a fan's point of view, I'm just happy that the door is open for Fumo for a Friend to possibly do even more after this in the future. Not to, not to put um, not to manifest anything myself, but 2023 is the 20th anniversary of Casually Dressed. So you know, if you ever yeah, want to yeah. do something for that. But um, before we before we let you go, that um, yeah, I mean, is there anything else that you would like to mention or plug or anything that people should uh, should check out or keep an eye on on stuff? Because yeah, it seems just like uh, you never know what to expect if you're for a friend going forward no I, I mean to be honest i think most of the shows are sold out there might be a few odd tickets left for because it's been rescheduled a bunch of times you know you you have end up having some returns and stuff like that so if people you know are still thinking they want to kind of grab some tickets for you know the shows you could kind of just call up and check you never know there might be a couple left um yeah and and i'm just kind of yeah looking forward to sort of Playing these shows, obviously downloading the summer is going to be amazing, and um, and just just sort of exciting times, and and obviously you know seeing you you guys kind of you're bound to be at some of these shows. Surely. Oh, for sure, we'll be in the pit. We'll be in the pit. I never, I never coming again. No, I'm not coming again. No, I've, I've been bullied out of it. No, I've been fucking bullied out of it. Oh, I know you. You wear a mask or something. You will and show up and pretend to be someone else. I'll fucking be it. Don't you worry about it. I'll fucking be it. <laughs> yes. Uh, but thanks, man. Thanks for taking the time. Obviously, it's been it's been so lovely no, speaking cheers. to you. And yeah, we're both really excited for these shows now and just celebrating everything funeral. I oh, appreciate it. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me on, guys. Sappening, 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 sappening. Sorry, it's taken so long. Sorry, it's taken so long. But um, well, yeah, that's a that's a that's a slight disappointment. But I won't make a big deal of it. You know. <laughs> All right. Uh, but yeah, genuinely now, genuinely now, from the bottom of my heart, thank you very much for this. Thank you very much for the music. Thank you very much for pretending to be my friend in public. It means the world to me. Thank you for letting me invade now and again. Honestly, every time I've fucking done it, it has literally been one of the best moments of my life. So thank you very much. I can't fucking wait. I, and I can't wait for this show. So thank you. It's always a pleasure, dude. Always, you know, and yeah, love you guys, man. So appreciate that you having me on and, uh, and all the support and everything, you know, it's, yeah, top blokes. Yes. Woo! Yes. Love me some Darren. It's fucking fantastic. Um, I just want to say again to him, thank you very much for being absolutely lovely to me. I genuinely did stalk him until they were my friends. So um, wow. sorry about that. But also, they bound to have had a laugh at least once at my expense. And they so we're equal, I guess. Um, but yeah, I loved love seeing Darren. Love hearing from him. Always love chatting with him because he's always got a funny story or a joke or something. And um, yeah, he's looking better than ever as well. So nice one. He is. The fringe is looking in prime condition for this tour. And as you said, he always just brings out hilarity uh, whenever he's about. But it's just great to hear different individual stories from all these members of Funeral we've had on the podcast. As I've mentioned, there's such an important band to the two of us and just the whole scene. And I truly believe that alternative music wouldn't be the same. And there's a lot of bands that wouldn't have got influences that they did if it wasn't for funeral for a friend uh, of course they will be celebrating their first three albums now throughout this uk headline tour uh march kicks off this week on monday the 28th of feb with two dates in cardiff 
and then they'll be heading to Manchester, London, Leeds, Birmingham, Newcastle, Glasgow, Sheffield, Bristol, Bournemouth, and ending on the 15th of March in O2 Shepherd's Bush Empire. If you're heading down to a show, it's going to be one giant pit and sing along and let us know at Sapman Pod on Twitter and Instagram what you're excited for and how your experience at those shows go. Yes, I will be tweeting at Sapman Pod. Um, <laughs> on St. David's Day, March the 1st, mm. saying, uh, Viva la Cymru. Um, <laughs> see you in a bit. Um, yeah. yeah, I can't wait. Can't wait for them shows. And they are being supported by uh, Holding Absence, mm. who um, some people might have heard of. Uh, they're all right. They're going to do well. <laughs> no, they're fantastic, Holding Absence. And um, also Static Dress, also brilliant. So yeah. what a fucking lineup. Get Oof. down there early. Make sure you make sure to catch them all. Because you are watching the future, the, yeah, the future, the present, and the past legends as well. Like it's it's everything. It it's is fucking yeah. It's a it's so a hell of a lineup. Out. But you said gotta catch them all, and I thought you can make a Pokemon reference or pun then. And I was like, where's he going with it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a grown man I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> but just to say there are some tickets available for certain dates of that tour as well uh, because due to all the rescheduling and venue upgrades and all that so if you're feeling oh I've missed out you haven't go and check them out and they will be <laughs> headlining the Avalanche stage at Downloads Festival 2022 in June as well the what stage Avalanche the stage Avalanche stage what did you think I said? I coughed. I coughed, <laughs> right? As you said it, and I thought you said, the Matalan stage. <laughs> I was like, what? Matalan sponsoring a, a stage of download? Wow. Yeah, check good, out, yeah, yeah. Our Raiders <laughs> are opening the JD Sports stage live <laughs> download this year. Uh, yes, yes. Go and um, check out Food for a Friend online. Get tickets. Uh, it's going to be a fucking fantastic tour. I cannot talk highly enough about it. Are you um are you gonna try and uh, get on stage or any of these Cardiff shows or not anymore. Not anymore. I see how it is now. I oh. see how it is. It's a, it's an in it's an in joke that I will <laughs> bother them until I'm on stage. So um no I'm not gonna bother anymore. It's um oh. I'm a little bit heartbroken, but you know, every dog has a day and I, my day's over now, so <sighs> what a what a sad sad end, Morgan. Nice would, would, would you say this is this year's most open heartbreak? I fucking hate you. <laughs> I fucking hate you sometimes. <laughs> you absolute dog shit. <laughs> uh, oh, if you want even more all the rage from Sean towards me, head over to our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash sapping, where there's loads of bonus content. You get included with our wonderful community family that we love very, very much. And there's also a lot of secrets going to be told there before we announce them anywhere else. So that's why I'm whispering, because secrets and whispers. You're a weird guy, no? you're a weird guy. <laughs> uh, yes, check out patreon.com forward slash sapnin to join our wonderful community. And as Morgan said, it is the only place to support us. Um, and yes, also check us out on Twitter and Instagram at sapninpod, at S-A-P-P-E-N-I-N-P-O-D. 
Yes, and as always, we want to say a massive thank you to everyone listening, but especially our patrons. So if you head to the description of this episode, there are loads of names there that we do thank. And as always, each and every, each, each, peach, each, each, each and each, every week. Each, each. Sean is going to give him a hoosive shout out to the elite members of the Patreon podcast community. Yes, these legends, we are very, very thankful. We're thankful for everybody who's ever been part of Patreon. Honestly, now, thank you very much if you've ever been part of it. If you've considered it, get a fucking move on. Anyway, thank you very much. Kylie Wheeler, Mayumi Liboway, Dana Lasnova, Janelle Caston, Amandine Urbano, Mitch Perry... Dilly Grimwood, Kelly Owen, Kelly Young, Natasha Morris, Paul Hirschfield, Emma Barber, Nathan Croshaw, Sammy G, Tony Michael, Kat Besant, Captain Hannibal, Jenny Robertson, Murray Grimwood, Scott Jones, Amy Campion, Johnny Phillips, Alexandra Pemblinton, Mikey McDonald's McMuffin Buns, Tom Owen, Stuart McNaught, Caroline Robinson, Chris Howard, M. Evans Roberts, Joe Ackland, Jacob Hetherington, Louis Cook, Martina McManus, Danny Eaton, Carl Pendlebury, James McNaught, Craig Harris, Jenny Munster, Lucy Diaz, Emily Perry, Kelly Cannon, Jason Aredia, John and Emma, Becky Andy, Adam King of the Goss Parslow, Ollie Amesbury, Josh, I accidentally swallowed a bunch of Scrabble tiles. My next trip to the bathroom could spell disaster. Crisp. Nice. Thank you very much. Alice Wood, Katrina Robinson, Reese Bowring, Keris Andrews, Kate Stevenson, Connor Lewins, Kyle David Smith, and last by no means least, Daniel Stevenson. Thank you very much to all of those people. And as Morgan said, in the description of this podcast is a load of other names as well. Thank you very much to all of them for your support. It genuinely means the world, both me and Morgan. And this podcast would be impossible without those people. So if you listen to this, you should thank those people as well. If, you've, <laughs> if you're listening to this for free, you cheeky shit. You really should. Because as you said, without them, this podcast wouldn't exist. Um, and it's the best way to support us. So patreon.com forward slash sapnin if you're feeling that way inclined. But absolutely a privilege to get more stories from Fumo for a Friend. One of my favorite bands of all time. I know you love them so much as well. You will see me in the pit at as many of these shows as I possibly can so with that thank you funeral thank you for listening and we'll see you next week with another surprise guest i tell you what we haven't done morgan uh any news nah oh for fuck's sake tidy all right, okay, we're, we're, we're ending on that, yeah? <laughs> You're listening to Sapnin Podcast with Sean Smith and Morgan Richards. Thank you very much for downloading this podcast or streaming it or I don't, I don't know what else you do with podcasts. Um, thank you very much. <laughs>